Uh, 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 Podcast starts now. Welcome to the podcast. It's another uh, great day to be looking at Madden and talking about it and playing it. Today on the podcast, we will have the all-important draft grades. Uh, We will have an interview with Super Bowl champion and Super Bowl MVP Phil Corcoran of the Green Bay Packers. Um, And at the end, we will get in a game recap, hopefully, and a couple of game previews. Uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. So with that, let's get down to business and go through the uh, the draft grades. <clears throat> now, uh, last year I took uh, screenshots with my phone of everybody's draft class, all in order they were drafted and everything, and then I was able to look at it later. And we were moving a little quicker this year, so I didn't get that done. So I'm just going to have to go to everybody's rosters and sort by age and just kind of glance at what they got. So I don't remember when all of these players were picked, um, but I can still see what the players are, who they are, all that stuff. So we'll start with the Panthers. Panthers in this class, they have two tight ends, two receivers, and two offensive linemen. The offensive linemen were their best picks, and they're both going to be really good, I think. Ian Fleck. And where's the other guy? Isaac Renner. Uh, both hidden development traits. Both high 70s. Uh, the Panthers always have a good offensive line, and they're just looking to build on that. They also got a defensive tackle. It's a, At this point, he's a 69 overall. Uh, you know, there's, there's some pretty good-looking overall ratings for these players. <clears throat> um, Ian Kruger at tight end was a player I really liked. Um, we'll see how much he plays for a little while for the Panthers because they got a lot of tight ends. Uh, but I think he's got a bright future. And then Rashawn Glenn, I believe, is a converted receiver to tight end. The Panthers trying to, you know, kind of copy that novel idea that the Packers had with uh, Tanner Sheffield, and he's obviously one of the biggest stars in the league now. We'll see if that works for Rashawn Glenn. I don't know if he has quite the skill set at this point that Sheffield had as a rookie, but it could work out, especially if he sees the field a lot early. So overall, pretty solid all-around draft class for the Panthers. Again, they doubled up at a bunch of positions, and I don't know if that means they're ignoring other needs or not, but, um, but they got good solid players where they picked. So draft grade for the Panthers is a B-. We'll move right on to the Patriots who are next in order here. Now, the Patriots, for the second year in a row, needed a quarterback, and so they didn't draft a quarterback. Um, I have to admit, I did not scout this quarterback class. I don't know if there was one worthy of taking or not, but I do know that the Patriots are really struggling now with uh, their quarterback situation, so might have been a good idea to take one. Really... Last year, not drafting Corcoran um, is the thing that's hurting them there more than this year's draft, I think. Um, and that'll probably factor into their draft grade even this year. So uh, that's that's how egregious that uh, that mistake was. 
Uh, but they did get some good players here. Arthur Bennett at D tackles is 77 right now. They got a left tackle that's a 79. Um, they maybe could have done better there, but there were a lot of good offensive linemen in this class. Uh, as usual, they took a strong safety, so they have another strong safety here. Uh, he's not a bad athlete. His overall rating is still pretty low. The best pick was Curtis Evans at corner, who was the best corner in the class, and he's going to be a stud, I think. Uh, the only gripe I would have with him as a player is that he's 5'10". I, I would like to have a taller corner to deal with the taller receivers, um, but you can't always find those guys. So that was a very good pick. Uh, looks like they only had about five picks in this draft. So you could maybe ding them for that. Uh, but again, not drafting a quarterback. It's an interesting decision by the Patriots. So good players here. No quarterback. I haven't looked at their record to see how they're doing because of that, but it would be interesting to see. Um, their draft grade, and remember, this is a NASA scientist-developed algorithm. Uh, their draft grade is a B-. We'll move on to the Browns. The Browns had the number one overall pick in this draft. They also had another first-round pick. And I know they took two receivers very high. I don't remember if both of those receivers were first-rounders. Uh, but they did get two pretty good receivers here, Michael Sharp and Joel Sermons. Uh, Sermons was the number one overall pick. And I think Sharp is looking like the better player right now. He's, he's faster, for sure. Um, <clears throat> but the Browns clearly looking to rebuild that passing game. Uh, they lost, well, they've lost a lot over the last couple of years. They lost D.K. Metcalf to free agency this offseason. Um, so it was clearly a high priority, and they addressed it. Uh, Jazeer Mays, they drafted him at defensive tackle. I believe they drafted a defensive tackle last year or the year before, so um, looking to shore up that position. They've got a tight end and a running back. They're all kind of in the 60s in, the, in that range. Uh, clearly the highlight here is the two receivers, and the Browns needed that. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. I think Sermons may end up being a bit of a disappointment, um, but all the scouting reports said this guy's going to be a stud. And he still may be. So we'll see. Um, but I don't think... I think the Browns have drafted better before. I really do. Other than the two receivers, I don't think much of this draft class. So the Browns get a B-. On to the Chiefs. <clears throat> the Chiefs had a couple of draft picks in the 50s. Um, so that's not real impressive. Looks like they had quite a few draft picks. Uh, drafted a couple of offensive linemen. They're all in the 70s at this point. Uh, the highlight there would be a right tackle, Kendrick Seymour, who I'm sure they're counting on to uh, be a mainstay of that offensive line. He's a 77 overall at the moment. Um, that's probably a pretty good pick. The rest of this is just kind of eh. They got a corner that's got some decent speed, different, decent athleticism. He's a 72 right now. He's 21 years old, so that guy should develop. Um, so there, there are a couple of good picks there, um, but not many, not many. So yeah, two players in the fifties and a couple in the seventies and the rest in the sixties. So 
this seems to be the typical Chiefs draft. There's one or two in there that are going to play, and the rest, man, I, I don't know how they stayed on the roster, to be honest. Patrick Moody, a 56 overall receiver. He's a 56 overall after going through training camp in four weeks of the season. So well, that's rough. But, you know, maybe he was a seventh-round pick. So anyway, um, after analyzing this draft class, the Chiefs get a B-. minus. Now we need to go back to the Packers to check out the Packers draft class. Uh, I know the Packers were, were hoping this was going to be a better draft than it was for them. Uh, they they really thought they were going to get better value for some of the players. Got a late round pick with Lo, uh, Lorenzo Alden, a receiver that's a 69 overall. That's pretty good value late in the draft. He's also an 88 speed, so he's not going to play much because that Packers offense has got a lot of explosive weapons. He's going to have a hard time getting on the field. Uh, their first pick was Brian Covington. He's playing right in. He's a 75 overall. Not a hidden development trait, which is the big big problem there. Um, but he's going to play, and they're going to try to develop him. Uh, they drafted a couple of middle linebackers. None of those guys are going to play. Uh, left tackle to add some depth. And then the highlight here is two safeties drafted pretty high. I think one was a first-rounder and one was a second-rounder. Uh, both are in the high 70s right now. Well, Chris Ziegler is a 75 because he got hurt and missed all of training camp. Uh, but both those guys are pretty good players. That's not a position of need for the Packers. So they're kind of planning for the future there. And I don't know if both of those guys will be on the team for a second contract, but one of them probably will. Uh, both of those guys are hidden development traits. And both got decent speed, def- decent ability. So <clears throat> they could develop pretty well. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and again, I, I don't know if there's much else here other than Brian Covington uh, that will be on the team for very long. So projecting forward and looking at you know what this draft class could be, um, we've got to give the Packers an A+. So that concludes our draft grades. I, I welcome your feedback. Um, and I remind you that it, it's very complicated to grade a, grade a draft, especially... Uh, right after it's happened and you know you haven't seen a couple years into the future and how the the players are turning out Um, but we have a great track record on this podcast and uh, I think our grades will prove out to be quite accurate all right next up is our interview with Packers quarterback Phil Corcoran we've got him on the line right now so Phil welcome to the program and congratulations on that Super Bowl victory how did you celebrate Oh, well, thank you for having me. Uh, It's just a a pleasure and an honor to be on such a prestigious podcast. Uh, We celebrated, uh, me and and my girlfriend, uh, Olivia Munn, because she likes Packers quarterbacks. Uh, We celebrated with family, uh, you know, for the weekend, basically after the game. Uh, And then celebrated by going and doing my charity, uh, working at my charity, because that's really where my heart is at. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I did not know you had a charity. What, what is your charity? What are you, what are you supporting, and, and how can others support it? Well, I actually have a, a couple of things that we're working on. Uh, one is that uh, we are healing children with cancer. Uh, we heal them 
Uh, usually it's just by me talking to them and making them smile and making them laugh. Um, you can always donate money to that, but I really encourage people to volunteer. Volunteering is good for you. It's good for the people you help. It's just a wonderful thing. Uh, and then the second thing is me and a team of doctors. As you know, I, I got my medical degree at Clemson. Uh, me and a team of doctors, uh, we have come up with a cure for COVID-19. A cure. Wow, that's wonderful. You are just doing tremendous work on and off the field. It, I, I'm sure any team would love to have you on their team, um, especially one like the Patriots. Uh, what was your draft day experience like? Well, uh, thank you for asking. I, I grew up in Boston, uh, have a lot of family there. That's, that's where we went with family uh, after the Super Bowl when we felt celebrated with them. And uh, I grew up in Boston. Uh, I've been a big Patriots fan my entire life. Uh, I have deep roots there. And I was really hoping, and I, I was thinking that I was going to get drafted by the Patriots. They had the first and the third pick. And I thought for sure I, I would go one of those. Uh, and I was looking forward to starting my charity. I think I probably would have started twice as many charities in Boston because I know so many people there and I have so many connections. Uh, and I was expecting to go there, and I was, I was disappointed when I didn't. I also, I, I'm quite sure that if I would have gone there, we would probably win the Super Bowl every single year. Um, but I'm very happy to be in Green Bay. And, you know, I, I think this is the best run franchise in the league now that I've been here. And these are just the most wonderful people. And, and so I'm so glad I got drafted by Green Bay. And I was so glad that the Browns did not draft me. That, that place seems like a mess. And I was going to pull in Eli Manning if I got drafted by them and just refused to report until they traded me. So I'm really glad that didn't happen. It all works out in the end. Um, but yeah, I really did want to be a Patriot. Yeah, that, that sounds disappointing. And let me tell you, that team could really, really use you uh, right now. You said you were a Patriots fan growing up. Uh, who was your favorite Patriots player? Well, I like Tom Brady, like everybody. Really hurt that he left for Tampa Bay and, and went to the Buccaneers. Um, big t Tom Brady fan. Uh, also a fan of Ty Law, one of my favorite players growing up. And I really wanted to be just like him and be a, a big leader for the Patriots and lead them to a Super Bowl for the first time in a while because I remember watching him and, and Willie McGinnis and those guys really lead that team uh, in the early 2000s. To, to greatness, and I wanted to be a part of something like that, and I really think that that would have happened if I would have gone to the Patriots. Yes, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Um, last question, I, I want to ask you, you, you're on a pretty potent offense there. That's got to be you know, a really great thing for a rookie to, to be a part of. Uh, what makes that offense run, besides yourself, of course? Yeah, yeah, we've we've got a great team here. This team has been built so well. And, and Coach Toll really schemes things up and makes things easy. And, and these guys around me, they they make so many plays. I just got to just got to get to the ball, get the ball to them when I have the chance. 
and and they make so many plays, and and I'm sure lucky to be here. Uh, hopefully, we can keep this this group of guys together for a while. I know that doesn't always happen in the NFL; it can't happen. Um, but I, I think the only place where it might have been more exciting is if I had gone to New England. But I, I'm glad to be here. Well, Phil, I think we're going to let you go. Um, before we do, so there he was. That was Super Bowl MVP Phil Corcoran. What a magical human being. He, you know, right after that phone call, I mean, minutes after that phone call, he was on his way to the grocery store and came across a uh, car accident and he pulled three children out of a burning car to safety and saved their lives. So, you know, that's that's just such a, an amazing man that I'm sure every team would be happy to have. And, you know, any team that had the chance to get him twice even has just got to be kicking themselves that that fantastic man is is not on their team or in their organization or in their town uh, maybe their hometown um, where they could be making a huge difference but at any rate time to move on and recap the Browns and Chiefs game I just finished watching this game and a couple of things to note you know, the Chiefs moved the ball up and down the field in between the 20s quite effectively. But when they get close to the goal line and things get a little more compressed, they throw interceptions like crazy. And they've got to make some adjustments. They can't, you know, Matthew Carson can't lock on to receivers as much as he does. And they got to call some different plays. Uh, pretty much all of their offense is in a 20-yard box close to the line of scrimmage. And it, it makes it easy for teams, especially teams that are good on defense, like the Browns, to just roam in that area and disrupt things. Uh, and so I think the Chiefs have to make some changes there. They've got to grow a little bit. Uh, defensively, they were okay. Uh, their defensive line, Jamison and McLean, uh, are a, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, the Browns had a couple of good drives, and that's really all they needed. Um, I think the big turning point of this game was near the end of the first half. Uh, The Chiefs were down, I think, 7-0, and they were driving, and they got close to the goal line and threw an interception right at the goal line. And the Browns had to start from their own two, I think. Um, And they put together a a really great two-minute drill um, and put up a touchdown right before the end of the half. And that was a big swing right there, and that really turned the game. After that point, the Browns' offensive line kind of took over and helped them run the clock down in the second half. And their running game looked pretty good. One thing I did notice, just an observation, it sure seems like when Terrence Silas comes out of the game, there's a noticeable difference in how effective their running game is. And he's, I think, 32 now. So for the future, the Browns may need to look to address that. But, you know, they can always draft a running back, I'm sure. Uh, but for right now, 
you know, if he goes down, I think the running game takes a big hit. Um, so this was a 17 nothing Brown Browns victory. Um, and we have, you know, we have another user game for the Chiefs coming up in a few weeks. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but right now it's it's kind of business as usual. The the Browns are winning a lot of these user games. And finally, a couple of games that we have coming up that we can look at real quick. Uh, in week 11, we have the Browns and Patriots. Uh, old rivalry. These two teams have played against each other quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> I think that Patriots secondary has been pretty good lately and uh, just got better this year with the drafting of the corner whose name I already forgot um, in the first, I think it was a first round pick. Uh, so it, pretty good secondary. Now that hasn't mattered against the Browns very often in the past because DK Metcalf would just run past them and score touchdowns. He's not there anymore. The Browns don't have that same kind of speed on their offense anymore. So that's one of the big things I'm looking for is now that Metcalf is gone, now that the Browns maybe don't hit the big plays over and over again, can the Patriots shut down the Browns enough to even things up and, and maybe go win the game? Um, they'll still be looking for a pretty strong running game. They really have to with their quarterback situation. They can't just pass it over and over again. Um, and that running game is still pretty good. I know Mosley is starting to get a little older, so hopefully he's healthy when this game rolls around. Um, but that that's basically what I'm looking for is, are the Patriots really going to hold down the Browns and keep the score down so that it's a nice, close, even game? And I think they will. I think that can happen. Um, it's still got to get the edge to the Browns, mostly because of the quarterback situation. The Browns have a... 99 overall quarterback, and the Patriots don't. Um, looking at Vegas, they've got the Browns by 4.5 here. I think I would take the over on that. Um, but that's also, what, six weeks away? So I'm sure that line could change before then. Uh, the second game to look at is the Chiefs and the Packers. These two teams have not played very much, and it seems like it's been a while since they've played each other. I don't remember who won the last time, um, but they've been pretty close games. Uh, that Chiefs team, uh, again, and I say this every time we talk about them, but it's the thing that just keeps sticking out to me, is that they don't have a lot of explosiveness. You know, where, where are the big plays going to come from? In the NFL, you really need big chunk plays, and... I don't know if they have the players on their team to make that happen. Uh, they do have a really good running back, and uh, I think it's Irvin, Bernie, and, and a good quarterback. So they will move the ball, um, but if they have to move it 12, 15 plays a drive and get into the red zone, red zone where it gets harder to complete passes, there's less room, uh, I worry that they're going to have turnovers. And against that Packers secondary, it's just going to be really tough uh, to to get the big plays. Uh, on the other side of the ball, that Chiefs defense isn't bad. Um, they've kind of been churning the secondary the last couple of years. It's not as good as it once was. Uh, but their defensive front's pretty good. 
They've got some guys that are tough to block up there. Uh, and I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch is can the Chiefs get pressure on the Packers? Because if they can't, I don't know if they're going to stop them. Uh, if, if they do, they might have a chance. But I, I really think that Packers uh, group of weapons is going to be tough for the Chiefs to deal with. And I think the Packers will score quite a bit. Uh, Vegas has got this game at six and a half right now. So the uh, for the Packers, so the Packers are almost a touchdown favorite. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, the internet cooperates um, in all of these games, and they'll go smoothly, and, and we get to watch them and play them one time. Uh, so that'll pretty much do it for the podcast today. One programming note. Um, if you have questions or feedback or anything like that, uh, this podcast has a channel in our, uh, forgot what it's called, Discord. Uh, it has a channel, or I think it's called a channel, for the podcast in the Discord, so you can talk about it, you can ask questions, uh, and I'll go over them on the podcast, and we can learn more about football. Uh, I think next time we'll probably try to get to more uh, scheme or formation or history type things um, so we can go over some of that again uh, but this podcast here has been long enough so that'll be it for today enjoy your maddening <laughs>